Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Okay, welcome back to another great episode of the Scoreboard Addicts Podcast. I'm Nick. With me, as always, is TJ, who's hammered, and Anthony, the Rook, who's in timeout. I Anybody's am today. So on the bottom, it happens. Things happen. <laughs> uh, long week, fellas. I don't even have my whiskey with me either. I, 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 at this point, I'm getting mad every time I see the intro because I'm wearing my awesome knit Rangers hat and it's gone. What, why is it gone? It fell out of my what car and basement? somebody must have walked by and swiped it. Oh no! Yeah, dude. Oh. It, it uh, while I was taking stuff out of my truck, it must have fell out. And then I Holy figured I find it right there next to it because who's going to swipe a freaking hat that's on the ground? And apparently, somebody really wanted that Ranger hat. Oh, sweet ass hat like that, I would. Say. I'm heartbroken. I got to find a new one. I got to see if, that. That shit's like ten years old. Speaking of sweet-ass hats, I don't know Check if you guys out. have noticed, but I'm wearing the official Scoreboard Addicts podcast snapback, all right? In black, stitched on front, only found on Bonfire. Fancy. Nice. Get nice. them all at which is, again, once again, that's why I'm Wayne. All I need is the black shirt and some long hair, and I'm Wayne. <laughs> you can never be Wayne. I, I got the hat all I'm halfway there. Well, you're wrong. While we're, while we're talking about <laughs> excellent. Speaking of things on the floor out on the car, there's, I got to my office this morning. And I couldn't find my office keys. So I was like, oh, I must have left them at home. So I got, I got to the spare, opened up my office. And then when we were leaving for the day, my keys were just sitting on the floor. And like that holds nice. the keys for like the entire office building, like the front door to get in, the, my office. I probably should be saying this out loud, but <laughs> luckily I found it. Um, it was just sitting there, chilling all day on the floor. Well, could have went into your computer system and put a whole bunch of guilty pleas in. They could have done a lot more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Where uh, where's our uh, where's our where's our internet? 
Oh shit! <laughs> what, what, what are we paying? Wow! <laughs> What's up, guys? Jesus! What's going on, Sal? What's going on, hey, guys? Sal, How what's are going you? On, buddy, I didn't didn't see you there. Yeah. <laughs> and what that does might have been on Our interns, that guy, Sal. <laughs> what's oh, up, God. everybody? What is wrong? Somebody's a little well, upset. He took another Sal. job, and he got. I let him. I let him sit in there in the corner and sulk a little bit because it looks like the Nets are going to be down too well. So yeah, all oh, they are. They're down. Yeah, they're down too. They're they're down down I was promised yep. no basketball. You were promised no basketball, but that was the only basketball you're going to get. Yeah, Listen, honestly, I don't want to talk about them. I was uh, <laughs> I'm disappointed. <laughs> I was offered a bet for a hundred bucks, and my buddy, uh, my buddy Billy said, I think I said that this. the Nets would get a championship before the Rangers, and I said I, I can't bet on my team. I can't jinx the team. I'm not going to be that guy. But I really want to take not, that bet. <laughs> not looking like that right now with the Nets going down 0-2. Dude, listen, the Nets are going to fall apart swim. after this horrible season. I mean, who leaves, who stays? They're not going to get any better. And I think the Rangers with their young group only get better. So, I, I don't know. But I, I can't do it. I can't bet on my team. Billy is a Devils fan. Nothing worse than somebody from New York that roots for New Jersey. <laughs> listen, he has a legitimate reason. Been a Devils fan since he, he was a kid. I believe somebody in his family bought him a Devils jersey, turned him on to hockey, and – I, I respect it. I really do. And, and you know what? I love having friends that are Devils fans. I, I, I really enjoy that rivalry. I really enjoy that back and forth because the Devils, listen, the Devils when we were younger have a lot, they, they have a lot of shit that they can talk. You know what I mean? Four cups and uh, a little bit of a dynasty run. And then all of a sudden the two-line pass goes away and they shit the bed because the trap is gone, folks. Hi, Billy. But I'm sure we have some sort of schedule to keep. Yeah, we have a schedule to keep, but I fucked that up. So <laughs> for anyone in the audio, probably be like, "What is this guy talking about?" It's a podcast. At least he's owning it. At least he's owning. We're it. doing it live. I own it though. I didn't mess up, but because we already have him here, we might as well just start it with the WWE trivia. Let's just shake things up a little bit. So let's just yeah. do it. WWE trivia, wrestling trivia, presented by Shocked Energy. I love that promo. ShockEnergy.com and use uh, promo code SAPOD for, uh, I believe it's 10% off. Maybe 20. Uh, dude, I love it. I feel like I'm going to knock back a Shocked Energy and go Super Saiyan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take a, one of those while I'm uh, driving to work and run a couple people off the road. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I got to right, wait for that. Matt, welcome <laughs> back to WWE Trivia. Hello. Thanks for always joining us weekly. He's always there waiting. Just patiently waiting. Thanks for always guest? having me. Yeah. Uh, we did have a guest, but unfortunately, uh, I guess everything. He's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, he apologizes. My brother in law, Gary, big WWE fan, um, no lifelong worries. WWE fan. Uh, his son as well got him into it. I mean, he has a plethora of uh, authentic belts that are just ridiculous. I saw um, that. Mad yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. Matt might buy one. Ha- checking those out in uh, his basement. He's uh, looking That's to awesome. offload them now because he has too much memorabilia. But, I mean, Ooh. the amount of shows he's gone to, um, my nephew, Lewis, he-, he got to meet John Cena a whole bunch of times when he was a kid. That was oh, his wow. uh, that was his favorite wrestler. Yeah, dude. So, top five, top five. 
couldn't make it tonight. He got in a little fender bender, and he just didn't want to take it out on all of us in his bad mood. So, <laughs> well, as long as everyone's all right, that's the yes. important part. Absolutely. We're but we'll started get with it here. though. Hmm. Was that? We're getting started with it. Yeah, it. we're getting started with it right Are now. Ready? Go. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> I know free plugs. All right. And first question is a clip. Oh. Get ready. <laughs> it is. Come on out, you rapist. Oh, wait, we're on one. <laughs> <laughs> we did that one already. All right. Who is The Rock talking to in this clip for question number one? <laughs> Who? In the green hell, are you? Oh, no, no, you know, don't answer that. The Rock knows who you are. Oh, yeah, The Rock knows exactly who you are. Is it green shirt, H on your chest, green mask? Oh, you're the hamburglar. Yeah, you're that cat that works for McDonald's. Go get me a cheeseburger. Go get The Rock a cheeseburger. No ketchup. As a matter of fact, no, no, don't go nowhere. <laughs> but some of it gave it away, but I thought it was a funny clip. Uh Wanted to do a little rock this week. Uh, it's I watched, rock. His, uh, the question I watched his rockumentary this week. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. I'm locked in. Let's All see. right. Uh, whoever wants to go first, raise your hand, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Who is it? I can't say. Sorry. Shane Helms, the hurricane. Oh, that is incorrect. It is Hurricane Helms. I'm joking. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> 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 it's correct. The hurricane. All right, hurricane. Everyone, everyone has the, the hurricane. hurricane. The there hurricane. we go. All right, let me pull up my WWE trivia. All right, come out, you rapist! <laughs> <laughs> just gonna do that every that's, week. That stays there forever. It's probably gonna hurt every once once a week. Yep. Uh, on our WWE awful. trivia, um, I think they play right. that at Steelers games. <laughs> oh, oh. Gonna, wow. right before the Steelers take the field. Actually, they, <laughs> they retired that one. They're not going to do it anymore, but they're going to do it in Cleveland. I heard. Yeah, they're going to do the Browns Ooh. games. Ooh. All right. So, number question number two started off as a valet for Mark Henry. This diva went from valet to champion. She defeated Deborah to win the world, the women's world championship on June 14, nineteen ninety nine. She then went on to feud with Tori, in which she defended her title at SummerSlam nineteen ninety nine. She went on to compete against Tori in the first ever women's championship hardcore match. Who is this diva? Why would a diva instead of a superstar this time? Switch things up a little bit. What was the year again? Uh, 1999. Everyone's really quiet. Everyone's really thinking. This might be a tie. I thought this would be easy. Like, like, she started as Mark Henry's valet. I was like, all right, done. I don't yeah. remember who that was. 
Oh. I don't remember either. Marijuana does that to you, pal. All right. Well, <laughs> well uh, hey, it's 420. Why not? We're going to have to go quick here, boys. So if you don't have an answer, you don't have an answer. We're rushing right. you guys. No, All, right. All right. I got Nick, it. We'll go with I agree. Yes. That's correct. Oh, wow. Oh, lucky I'm guess. Gonna... Matt has ivory. Ivory. Sal has ivory. TJ, no would you the fabulous moolah? No, I went. Uh, <laughs> I, I took a shot in the dark and said Stacey Keebler because she's hot. <laughs> I agree with that too. She I'm definitely is hot. Because she is hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give give a partial credit. Give a partial credit. Best legs credit. in the business. Yeah, <laughs> best legs in the business. All right. Who best was man. the special outside enforcer for the main event at WrestleMania 14? This one was a fun one. If TJ needs a hint, WrestleMania 14. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good one. Good hint. I figured the other guys already knew, but that's why I try to try to give a little help there. Yeah, it doesn't help me at all. He said, "What did you say?" Really? Yeah, oh, wow. I'm not a. I don't rewatch this stuff. I go off of just. It's not a wrestling. Thing. But it's it, not a wrestling. It's not a wrestling. Thing. That's why I did the impression. Something special sometimes. You know, <laughs> not a wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> he still doesn't get it. Awful. He'll get it when he hears the answer. Yeah, he, he will. will get it. He will get it. He was in the can hangover. I, can, I, can I give? Can I give me? Can I give my answer real quick? I got you. There it is. No, you had to put the right inflection on it. You gotta. You gotta <laughs> talk with a high pitched voice. Yeah, I didn't put the high pitch. Voice. I, I would like to give you my answer. My answer is Iron Mike Tyson. <laughs> that is correct. Mike Tyson, former Mike heavyweight Tyson. champion of the world. Nick, Sal, Matt, all correct. TJ is <laughs> now correct. Thank you. You're welcome. Just, just say uh, to I'll fuck you till you love me, and then always Mike Tyson. <laughs> One of the greatest lines ever. Shouted at reporters. Everybody got a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> all right. Question number four. In 1999, WWF. Fully loaded. Triple H defeated The Rock to become the number one contender at SummerSlam. What kind of match did he defeat The Rock in? Like some of you guys write really quickly as in the middle of it. Uh, like Matt. Look at that, Matt. Oh, that was cocky. Matt already put the cap back on his Sharpie. Look at that. Sal's thinking about it, and Matt's already done. That's how confident he is. And just because he's so confident, I want to see you go first and see if you're right. Because if you're wrong, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> uh, am I ready? Can I go? Yeah, I think we're all good. A strap match. That is correct. Ooh. Sal, Nick, what do you guys got? I strap put the match. strap match. I put the Brahma bull rope match. Uh, which is a, which essentially a strap. It's a strap match, but it's the rock yeah, strap. Let me give it to him. All yeah. right, you got it. Judges, I'll allow it. TJ. That one was a no holds barred match. Would you put no. a hardcore match? No, no holds barred. Oh, give him the X. There we go. All right, time for final Jeopardy wrestling trivia. Here we go. Risk your points. Oh, uh, me, Nick, and Matt have eight points, and TJ has four. TJ has four and a half because he got the Stacy keyboard. Four and a half. <laughs> Sorry. Didn't that make it five? Yeah, right. No, there you go. Him, no, no. <laughs> we didn't give him half credit. We gave him half a point. Oh, 
Okay. <laughs> I'm risking four points to win by a half, hopefully. <laughs> oh, I hope I hope to be the best. Remember we had, first last week we had co champions for the first time Damn. ever. Now first time a champion won by 0.5. Oh, I should have <laughs> did a great intro of <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. All right, I'm going all in. You guys are all in? Yeah. No. I'm only doing five. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch, because I did six. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Couldn't give me the half a point, you sons of bitches. All right. <laughs> All right, I hope you boys are ready. <laughs> WrestleMania 18, there was an intercontinental championship match. Who won and who did they defeat? It's a two-parter. Two-parter. Two-parter, but... Yeah, I guess you'll have to get both parts right in order to get uh, I'm scratching out my original answer. That's fine. That's fine. No one, no one's uh no one's trying to question your integrity there, uh Sal. <laughs> Looks like everyone's ready. TJ's ready because he probably doesn't know it. <laughs> he's just he's like I'm already done because I just listen when in doubt I know it. he's an intercontinental champion there's only one guy to pick yeah that's but true. it's not that guy I went, uh, yeah. I went WrestleMania 18 Christian alright ready yes Matt go ahead it's my man RVD and he beat William Regal that is correct oh, congratulations wow. Matt all right, Sal, what'd you have? I put Edge, you beat Booker T. No, that's wrong. Uh, not the European champion, Nick. I put Chris Jericho beat Eddie Guerrero because I had a lot of doubt. And I said to myself, yeah. Intercontinental champion, Chris Jericho has the most championships of all time. All right, well, TJ so, retain. Actually, well, no, nah, TJ can't win, right? I can't win. I only got 0.5. Oh, <laughs> you already got it wrong? Already- yeah, yeah, I told you. I said uh, Chris Jericho. Oh, you did say Christian. All right, then. Well, Matt, you're the winner. The big winner with 12 points. Thank He's you. Back on top of the world. He's a heel, so he gets booed. He gets Thank booed, you. yeah, 100%. Thank you. All right, Matt, we appreciate you. you coming on, taking the title back. And I thought you were going to say taking the time away from his uh, cloud of smoke. And this is just <laughs> weird. I don't know why he would. Why would you say such a thing, Matt? This For is going to. I, I disagree. Shows that Matt, as a disclaimer that Matt thinks the best free agent signing is a toss up between Jacoby Ellsbury and Carl Provano. <laughs> horrible. That's a hot take right there, man. Top, top two. Top two <laughs> oh, best signings ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, then. Well, thank you again, Matt, for coming on. We appreciate you. We can catch Matt you guys. over at Keysburg Circle on the Instagrams and the Twitters. Uh, and you can catch him up over on uh, one second. Hold on, I'll tell you what it's called. Whatnot, where he'll be, uh, you'll be able to get some sweet stuff from him. Funko Pops, wrestling action figures, and things of that right. nature. And uh, if he talks to Gary, he might have some wrestling belts to sell at some point. Ooh, in the interesting. Maybe, maybe Gary, get in contact with me. <laughs> that sounded crazy. <laughs> that sounded like uh, you wanted him naked, thigh deep in tofu. Hey, if that's how it sounds like, that's how it sounds like. <laughs> All right, Matt. Thanks. For TJ looks you, really man. disturbed. <laughs> he does. He does. It is my brother-in-law, right. so I don't know. <laughs> Makes it more creepy. All right.
We will see you <laughs> later, Matt. Later, Get all guys. The fans out. All right, boys. That was a fun one. Fun little yeah. clips. It seemed and really easy until we got to the end. Just want to the end. The uh, end one was hard. Yeah, I uh, I wanted to make it a little simpler, and then just throw a really tough one at the end. Just fuck with everybody. Be like Anthony's on in his game this week. He made really easy questions, and then I just threw it really, really hard. I feel like Gary would have been insulted. Why? Because that would have been really easy, and he was anticipating like a, you know, it was the it first was four were easy, but then the fifth one was kind of you had to think. Yeah, so all right, we'll move on to the New York Yankees and the shit show that they are. Even though I think that they already won today, right. they won. Yeah, today. they won. They won. Today. I mean, they, they beat the win. Detroit Tigers. Not they really saying win. much, but the they, shit they show kept, over the weekend. Uh, yeah, good. They kept uh, what's his name from hitting his three thousand hit, which was nice because if that would happen, yeah, impressed, yeah. 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 One more so. tomorrow, right? Against Detroit. Yeah, one tomorrow it's Detroit. uh Jordan Montgomery versus uh, former Yankee Michael Pineda. Ooh, mm-hmm. that'd be a good one. All right, so he'll get us three thousand. <laughs> I don't know. Montgomery's are pretty good. Gumby's good. It's just they they give him no run support. No support. No yeah, support. they don't. So he'll he'll give up two runs over seven innings. They'll score half a run. Yeah, didn't happen Sunday. Did he pitch Sunday? Yeah. No, Nestor, no, no, he Nestor pitched Saturday, Sunday. and it happened Saturday. Yeah, Saturday happened too. Until they finally had that uh that hailstorm came, and they were able to uh. Their their offense pretty much woke up in that that game, and if it wasn't for the hailstorm, they probably would have got swept by the Orioles. Yep. So it's Listen, pretty you embarrassing. Know what? I mean, as far as as far as the Yankees go, and as far as you know, losing to these teams, it seems like everybody else is out to a slow start. So they're really not losing ground right now. They would no, have been nice not. to take advantage of playing the Orioles, but I mean, right now them and the Angels are in the lead in the AL. With I think they're both seven and five right now. Yeah, uh, but everybody else is right there at either six and five or six and six. So it, it's yeah. it's early in the season. It is what it is. But it it's just the the games that they lose, they just cannot get any. I mean, they're getting four hit, five hit. They're getting yeah. no nothing going offensively. And I'm sick and tired of hearing people defend Joey Gallo on fucking Twitter. He's batting like one thirty seven oh, right now. Cut the shit. He's brutal. Cut the shit. Like just stop. Like it's ridiculous. Just enough is enough. You you want to spew the analytics bullshit and how he's a good hitter? He's fucking not. To the asshole that was arguing with Nick uh, on Twitter about you know running running down Pete Rose for Joey Gallo, suck a ball bag already. Like yeah. how you feeling right now? Yeah, I bet you Pete Rose can come out of retirement if they let him play and bat more than two hundred. Okay, I, I can almost guarantee fucking to it because he'll make contact. I, I saw somebody running down Gary Sheffield Jr. For saying that analytics is BS, um, and 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 then eighty other people, he was like, "Yo, I don't know why these people are on my jock." And like eighty other people were like, "Because you suck, blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Look at all, like you just proved his point." Like, yeah. and, and they were all like, "Because you're not important," but he was important enough for eighty of you yeah. to reply. Yeah. I'm like, and ultimately, Gary Sheffield Jr. is in agreement with us that analytics are bullshit because the Yankees won today. And how did they do it? By breaking analytics. What did they do? They stole bases and they bunted. Yeah. yeah. That's how they won today. And it's an ancient, I mean, listen, uh, you call me old fashioned, you know, you get these people that are the same age as us or like a year younger. And they're like, Oh, whatever boomer. Listen, <laughs> a, a, a fact of baseball. The first key to hitting is hit them where they ain't. Okay. The second key is good things happen when you put the ball in play. 
Yep. So striking out matters. All right. Exit velo doesn't fucking matter. It only you only talk about exit velo when the guy made an out. Yeah. Right? Like nobody ever sits right. there when you get a base hit and go, well, he hit it real hard. Nobody cares. Whether you right. hit a blue, right. right. a dying quail, a tweener, a duck, it doesn't matter. Whatever you right. do, right? You you gotta hit. So you, you don't really sit there low when you make outs because you want to say at least he's connecting with he's putting the battle on the ball and he's hitting the ball exactly. hard. They'll fall in sometime. That's the only right. way it matters in the least bit. But it's the the arguments on Twitter. These keyboard warriors are all fucking kids that grew up watching baseball, never playing baseball because they were too lazy playing fucking video games and don't want to go outside. And I'm not going to listen yeah. to some little douchebag tell me how analytics is the way to go when they couldn't put a ball in play to save their life. I like, I don't want to hear it. You never played the game. You never fucking grinded it out. And guess what? Baseball analytics driven baseball is boring. Home run or nothing is boring because more times than not, Mm -hmm. it's nothing. It's not a home run. I'd rather see fucking bunts. I'd rather see steals. I'd rather see seeing eye singles. I'd rather see hard hit balls. I'd rather see, I mean, they took away the taking the guy out at second plate, second base to break up a double play, but I want to see hard grinded out baseball. That's what's entertaining. You know, you know, all or nothing swings is not entertaining. It's entertaining two out of 10 at bats. That's it. Yeah. If you're lucky. Yeah. And my point was the other day was somebody posted about how like Joey Gallo is a good ball player. He's just been unlucky. And they're like, no. his exit velo is like higher than most. And his expectation of it being a hit is like so-and-so. And the and the reason why he's not getting on base because he's not he's not getting on base because he fucking strikes out four times a game. I like, think they say he struck out fourteen times so far this season. Yeah, and he struck out four times yesterday. Like he had a yep. golden sombrero yesterday, and we're gonna be like, oh well, you know what? If his exit velo was up, he'd probably get a base hit. He doesn't make contact. That stat is irrelevant to me if the guy doesn't even put the ball in play. He Joe doesn't Gallo even have an extra base game. hit yet. He he doesn't. I don't think he does. He had. Well, he went for one and got hosed at second base by about thirty feet. Yeah. And then stood up and was like, "What the fuck? Uh, what the mm-hmm. fuck would you getting thrown out at second for trying yeah. to take two on a ball that bounced off he, the wall into the fielder's glove?" He's the true three uh, outcome. He either strikeouts, walks, mm-hmm. or hits a home run. And I haven't seen him hit many home runs yet. So he's nope. basically to me is a two outcome player right now. And that's and most of it is, is pretty much strikeouts because he's not even getting Listen, on base right now. The the, the concept of uh, the ball exit velocity bullshit just drives me crazy. What was the yeah. exit velocity on the hit that Luis Gonzalez got to win the two thousand and one World Series? Who cares? Like, Does anybody know? Yeah. When you get a hit, nobody gives a fuck about the ball exit ratio. Nobody cares. It doesn't no, matter. No get hits. Get hits. Good things happen when you put the ball in play. Glaber Torres laid down a bunt today. It was an awful bunt straight back to the pitcher. But because Tim LaCastro is fast and he hustled to second base, the pitcher threw the ball away into center field. LaCastro got up and kept going to third, and he scored eventually. Okay? When the balls – if he strikes out, none of that happens. If he strikes out right there, Torres strikes out, none of that happens. Okay? Good things happen when you put the ball in play. And somebody like Esteban Florial right now would be great for this Yankee team because he is fast, because he does hustle down the first baseline, because he isn't looking for a walk or a home run. He's not lighting it up in AAA right now. I think he's batting like 250, but he's got more home runs than Joey Gallo does right now. Yeah. He's damn sure faster than Joey Gallo is. What about Marwin Gonzalez? He's on the bench, but I'm in left. Yeah. He had yeah. some pop in spring training. Dude, Absolutely. I, I, take, I take 100 players like Strachan Ichiro. 
Dude, I'll take 100 players like Ichiro just who, for a career, just put the ball in play. Made a career out of putting the ball in play. That's it. No, but that guy, I, I, that guy that was arguing with me would tell you that Ichiro wasn't a good player because uh, despite collecting like 6,000 career profession, professional hits, between Japan none of them were – like he didn't, hit, he didn't hit 600 home runs, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. right. Well, besides it's, it's, that, the only issue the Yankees are having right now is Garrett Cole just not pitching well. I mean, the rest of the starting pitching is actually pretty good. Like, Listen, yeah, that's really what Cortez is. Cortez is a He's your ace. It's, yeah, it's he had insane. 12 Ks on twelve Ks on Sunday. He had only had only had 15 outs. He only had five, five innings. Uh, but that that was impressive. Monty's been pretty good. Just gets no run support. Severino's pretty – Severino's looking pretty good for someone coming back, finally coming back from injury. Probably get that Severino of old, the one that was back in uh, 2019. Hey, specifically, he, he got into a bases loaded jam with, with one out. Uh, he induced a line drive, like a, a liner to shortstop that caused an out and then struck out the following batter to get out of the inning without giving up any uh, runs and then came out for another inning thereafter. He, he had a good outing today where he faced some adversity. It was cold today. Not as cold as it yeah. was yesterday, but, but it was cold today. Um, and uh, he faced a little adversity today, but probably for the first time this season, and he, and he pulled out of it, which is, is good to see when they can when you can do something like that. Yeah. But you're right. Uh, Monty looks great. I love Gumby. I really do. Gumby kind of reminds me of um, of Pettit a little bit, just that he's a lefty. He's big. Yeah. Um, he's got he's got like those big legs. And ironically enough, he's 47 after Pettit was 46. Uh, Interesting. But I, I do like Gumby's demeanor. He never looks like he gets shaken or upset about anything. Very calm on the mound, as opposed to Cole, that looks like everything under the sun is pissing him off. Yep. Yeah. Everything bothers him. And when yeah. he's uncomfortable, you could tell he's just so uncomfortable. Like, yeah. He, he but, has, uh, he has, but Gumby's very easygoing. Horrible poker face for Garrett Cole, because you know when yeah. he's, he's mad. It's like uh, he doesn't have it today. He just doesn't. I, I think as far as the hitting struggles are concerned, I think bunting today – was good. I think stealing bases. A lot of people. Rizzo stole a base. He stole third today. He stole base yesterday too. Yep. So so they're I running, can, yeah. which is good. Yeah, um, I, can, yeah. I think Judge is pressing because he doesn't have a contract right now. I think it is affecting him at the plate. Um, well, Stanton still hitting the ball very hard. Exit uh, you but uh, <laughs> but they're singles. And you know what? He's hitting yeah. he's hitting singles, but he's a little quicker on that single or a little bit later on that single, and it's a double. You know, so it doesn't always have to be a home run. You know what I know? I know that if the bases are juiced and you hit a home run, the pitcher that comes in next feels like he started a brand new inning. But if there's a runner on second base, he feels like, oh, shit, I got a runner on second base. Like sometimes hitting that bases clearing home run is not the greatest thing in the world. It's great that you got the runs, but it doesn't. it takes the pressure completely off the pitcher because if he gets taken out and there's another guy that comes in, that guy starts off basically with a free inning. Like, okay, I just got to get one out. That's it. But yeah. if there's a runner on third, it, it changes the momentum a little bit. Having people on base is always a little bit more pressure-filled as a pitcher, and I know TJ could definitely agree with that. You know, sometimes if you're having a bad outing, you just want the bases. You know, I just hit a fucking home run, so I don't got to fucking deal with this shit right now, as opposed to fucking everybody hitting a single and putting a quarter in the merry-go-round on your ass. Yeah. What I don't like is they were they had said mm-hmm. early on that they weren't going to play Glaber so much at shortstop, but then, like, they've actually played him more than, like, we'd like to see him. Yeah. And like whenever he's in there, I feel like it's always going to be an error, a thrown error, or something's going to. He's going to just fuck something up. I can't. Uh, I think he's going to come it's around. Unlucky. It's unlucky, and just like Allo <laughs> hitting balls directly at players. It's unlucky. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I don't. I don't mind. I care if I think he's listen. He's not here to be an offensive juggernaut. He's here to be. He's, he's doing good though. Need, and that's that's fine. I don't, I don't. I don't really. 
dog on him too much. I, I just don't like, and I don't know. I think Nick probably is IKF? IKF, yeah, he's just defense. He's he's five for his last like fifteen or something like that. No, no, yeah, he's yeah, starting yeah. to hit again. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Oh, he's, I said, you know. He's seven for his last fifteen. That's what it is. Yeah, I said he's eventually gonna come around. I'm like, but he's really here for defensive purposes. And yeah, I haven't seen opponents. I haven't seen the sparkling defense yet. Yeah, <laughs> better than well, Glaber for certain, but nothing amazing. My question to you, Nick, is I know I don't know if you agree with me on this point, but um, when it comes to changing the lineup constantly, I hate that. You, you don't hate that, right? I, I don't. I don't get. I hate, I hate that. I hate that. The Yankees are that team that just constantly always moves the lineup around. And I feel like have a little consistency. Put the guys in the same spot. I mean, Hicks has been leading off. I think the last couple games, uh, which has been positive for him. I think he let off in, in Baltimore too on Sunday. Which he wasn't horrible in that game. He had a, I think he had a hit. He's been um, doing good. Yeah, he's been, he's been playing well lately. As a player, it, you feel better where you when you know where you're going to be, what you need to do, where you got to go. For for yeah. I don't know, seven years I batted in front of TJ. I batted second. TJ batted third for like seven years. It, it's it's almost like uh, we we reviewed Mister Three Thousand. I'm standing on third. Boca's batting. And I know Boca's going to lay down a bunt because Boca knows that I'm thinking what he's thinking and I know he's thinking. And that's how you feel. I know that if I'm on second base and TJ scratches his balls, he's swinging away. Yeah. So I know, like, hey, don't don't run right now because if you run right now, you you might get line, you might get doubled off. <laughs> but that's the stuff that you learn through. The, and then on top of that, like, just to start the game off, you know, like, all right, we're home team today. I get back in the dugout. Let me grab my helmet, throw it on. You don't have to sit there and go like, when am I batting? Because that is a thing. At the professional level, it's not a thing because you have the stadium all around you. You know where you're batting, blah, blah, blah. You're a professional. You do this every day. But if Russia yesterday you were so, Yeah. Uh, but, but <laughs> you know, Derek Jeter knew he was batting second his whole career. You know what I mean? Yeah. When, yeah. when the Yankees had that dynasty together, they roughly put out the same lineup every single day for 162 games. For about three or four years, yeah, yeah, and and do, are you giving something away to the to the opponent? Yeah, I guess so. They know how to navigate your lineup, but when your lineup's swinging on all cylinders, it, it doesn't really make a difference. But you feel good. You feel good knowing that, like, you can see the guy that bats six guys after you or four guys after you, and you're like, oh shit, the lineup's about to turn over. I'm I'm on deck or I'm in the hole. Like you just, it's it's a good feeling to know like where you are. You don't have to sit there and go, oh shit, I'm batting. Like it, you, you never get that feeling. Yeah. But not only that, listen, the game of baseball is all about feel and it's about energy. And I know if Nick gets on base in front of me, all I'm thinking is I got to put this ball in play and get that son of a bitch around some, some way, somehow. But at the same point, if let's say somebody that's a, you know, a, a nonstop pop out guy batting behind you. Now, I'm let's say I do get on base. Now I'm thinking, all right, take a bag, try, try to try to move over more because he's not going to hit a ground ball to move me over he's probably going to put it in the air let me put myself in a position to at least advance on a pop fly and not so if i'm on first base and i got somebody that i know is predominantly a up in the sky hitter and it's either over the head or a pop out i know i got to try to take second base to put myself in a position to move over to third on a pop out and you got to do it early but that's what i mean if you're moving that lineup around you don't know how to how to play that you're not playing that mental chess game i mean there's there's so many things that you can do in baseball to just put yourself and your team in a better position. And if you don't have that feel for your team or who's batting around you, it kind of puts you at a handicap. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Um, 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. So uh, moving on, I know we were, you know, I think we pretty much dissected the Yankees first couple of weeks this, so far for the season, but moving on to the next, uh, you know, another New York team that has some playoffs coming up, uh, the New York Rangers. So Sal, we're going to, we're going to say goodbye to you while we talk a little okay. Rangers, uh, but right. we'll come back to you shortly. We do have a guest on at 1040. Uh, after his guest, then we're going to bring you back for a little does Gen Z now. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. All right, boys. Three shutouts in a row for the New York Rangers. Are you shaking your head like that? Should, no, it's beautiful. Pass? It really wow. is. <laughs> T- tied for the Metro right now. I mean, and, and you know what's funny is looking how hot um, Toronto and the Panthers are, and we're just right there. I mean, yeah. you, you, you're talking about leading the Eastern by a difference of four wins, and, and we're in the mix uh, for leading the Eastern. I mean, uh, this team is playing like – a team they they do all the right things they check all the right boxes and we have an opportunity right now to not that it matters much you just want to get to the playoffs and have a hot start in the playoffs but to to win the metro would be huge it would be absolutely huge it it, it would you know set the tone going into the playoffs and we're right there and i like the fact that we're right there because i feel like it puts a little heat on this team to no no no, we're not giving an inch we're we're not giving a, a centimeter we're going out there we're fucking winning and that's how that's the attitude you want to have going into the playoffs. You don't want to be sitting there like, listen, we can't move in position anyway. We're we're going to be where we're at in the playoffs. Let's just go out there and think about the playoffs. No, no, no. You're still fighting. Back, yeah. You want to have that fighting mentality, right? And you want to have that, you know, pre- not pressure, but ju- just something to battle towards and for. And everything matters. And, and the more games you can play where there's something on the line. And something matters, the better it is, especially going into the playoffs where every single game matters, every single minute of every single period matters. So it's good to keep that intensity high going into the playoffs. I mean, Shusterkin's keeping that intensity high. I love it. Um, I, I laughed my ass off because somebody put a a um, a statistic sheet out asking should Shusterkin really start in the uh, the playoffs? Because right now, I think he has a. 2.0 goal against or 2.1 uh, 2.01 sorry goal against average and uh what's his name that played a couple games uh that we brought up from the minors not Hoska um help me out only you only a couple games what goalie, goalie? yeah oh shit uh I thought it was I thought just, did you say it was Hoska wasn't it yeah I thought it was no Hoska. it's not Hoska 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 has like a 7.0 goal against Average, <laughs> but um, 
Oh, whoever was, I, I can't think of his name right now. He only played a couple games. He did well, but he he's like a two point zero zero. So he's point zero one underneath Shusterkin. And this guy wants to throw out there. I, I'm hoping he did it satirically. That oh, you know, <laughs> maybe Shusterkin shouldn't start. To, it's like, dude, stop, stop it, shut up. Don't put that yeah. fucking negative juju out there. Don't even if you're joking around, just keep that shit at home. Laugh about it to yourself. Cut the shit. Yeah, but he's one of he's one of the hottest goalies right now. I mean, uh, he's obviously he's I, the I best think goalie in the league. For the Vizesna, for the, yeah, he, I he he's wrong. the best goalie in the league, hands down. It, 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 he's the best goalie. I in saw the something league. today. It said he could give up 14 goals out of the next 15 tries and still lead the NHL in save percentage. There you go. Dude, he, on mean, fire, and that's it. Just goes to show you the type of year this team is having. The standout players, you know, with Kreider and Shesterkin. But the, the group itself, I mean, Panarin, Zabanajad, everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. Truba's having a, a hell of a year. Fox is having an amazing year. I think he has 69 points right now. It, it's th- That's one thing I, I feel like over the nice. years is the Rangers lack was the – Wait, absolutely how many nice. points does, does Fox have? 69. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, speak, wait, hold on real quick. Before you keep going, yeah, I heard you say Truba. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, no, no, we're talking about hockey here. Okay. We're talking about hockey. Cop was living with the Trubas as he got traded to the Rangers. I'm sure you were aware of that. They, they're, college, they're, high, they're like elementary school buddies. Yeah. And, and when he got traded to the Rangers, he was staying with the Trubas. Uh, and he just moved out like two days ago. Thoughts? Oh, I, I, I wouldn't leave. Right, dude. Yeah, you're not going. Why don't you just change your fucking socks while we're at it? Yeah, come on. I'm not fucking leaving. Yeah. I'm not fucking leaving. I, yeah, I, 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 I don't, don't think you ruin that 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 momentum and that camaraderie and that traveling to the game every day together. You don't do that. No. And he goes, and he goes. Oh, you know, it's nice to be together. And it was like brothers living in the same house together. But you have to have your own space. You could do that yeah, after the season, Andrew Cop. Yeah. You could do that after the season. Okay. No fuck. He actually, I think he has the most points of any player that was traded at the deadline. Wow. And Dude. and he went and he just left the home that brought oh, him that. You can't do that. Why would you do that? That's like shaving your face or shaving your underwear. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, you can't do that. It's like stepping on a foul line. I think I'll be sleeping on this couch until I, until I suck. <laughs> back to my point, I think that the one thing the Rangers lacked over the last couple of years is – offensive, you know, defenseman, and we have that right now, and that's what you need, especially yeah. going into the playoffs. You need that guy at the point feeding that puck to the net and, and getting those goals, and especially the way Kreider handles the, the tip-in redirection shots. It, it's just – it's phenomenal. I, I really love this team. I think this team has a great shot at going for it, and I love how everybody's still down on them and and, and not giving them much of a chance to, to win the cup. I love it. And, I mean, yeah. to, I think today, yesterday, they threw up on Twitter how – uh, Gallant is the only other coach to get to uh, 50 wins this early in a year, especially his first yeah. year as a coach. And the only other person to do that, Mike Keenan, 1994, baby. 93, 94. <laughs> Come on. It's good Come company. On. Hope. Good company. Fucking do it. Let's hope it's like 1994. I like to party like that. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. Um, question yesterday. So, Go to the so, city and tip over some yellow cabs. So Panarin had another, another two assists yesterday. So he's at 70 now. He's closing at 100 points this season. Uh, and then Ryan Shum finds a net twice, which is – I know he's been sh- – people make fun of him on Twitter that he can't hit an open net. 
because uh, there's been a couple opportunities he just misses it. They were one of the jokes was that they were surprised he hit the empty netter because it was wide open. Um, <laughs> so what do you? I mean, is that what do you guys feel about that? Is that positive? We see Strom trying to turn a corner there. I mean, Panarin's yeah, absolutely happens to an amazing season. Strom was pressing a little bit when he was missing those nets. Uh, he started taking bad yeah. penalties and stuff like yeah. that. You don't want to see that happen. But Strom is a part of this team. He's an integral part of this team. And for him to be on the that, that stat sheet, you want to see that. I mean, he's got to be active on, on that sheet to, to get this team going. Because once playoff hockey starts, it, it's the goals are few and far between. And they're hard-fought hard goals. And you need everybody on that ice to be able to put the puck in the back of the net. You, you can't yeah. just rely on Panarin. You can't rely on Zabanajad. You can't rely on Kreider. you you got to rely on everybody with the puck – with with a shooting lane to be able to bury it because you're going to see a lot of two, one games, three, one games. You, you, every goal counts. Every goal is, you know, a huge momentum shift and puts the opponent on their heels. So you, you need everybody on that team confident with the puck on their stick, not just trying to give it away and, and dish it off and pass it and force a pass that's unnecessary. You want people hungry to put the puck in the back of the net. Absolutely. Yeah. And then on top of that, when you get into the playoffs, it becomes a situation where, your stars is going to get the heavy defense. He's going to get a strong arm. He's going to get the big hits thrown his way. He's going to get all the pressure put on him. And more often than not, you're going to see a guy that, that is your third or your fourth. He'll get a goal because it's almost like, you know, in, in baseball where the, the nine hitter gets the game winning hit because the pitcher spent so much energy trying to get out one, two, three, four, five that he just kind of lets it go for the last three guys, four guys. And it's the same thing in hockey. The first two lines are getting so much attention. They're getting so much work that, that you, you, you at some point you let up, you know, you, you let your hands down for a split second. And that's when that quick jab comes in. And it's somebody in the third, the fourth line that you weren't really expecting it, but you just let, you didn't hustle that hard for that one freaking exchange, that one shift, or you got caught between shifts and they have one fast guy on their fourth line that he's just lightning. He don't score much, but he's freaking lightning, and he beats you. And shit like that happens all the time, you know. Like I could yeah. see Vitrano playing a big role. Not saying he's a fourth line, a fourth uh, line guy, but I'm saying is his speed is a killer in the third period. Absolute killer. Yep. He, that kid mm-hmm. doesn't get gassed. I don't know how he moves that quick. So I, agree. I think speed kills, and we finally have some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So the Rangers have um, the Islanders tomorrow night, then uh, Bruins, and and then we see the Hurricanes again. I would love to go into that game tied up for the Metro and and make a statement win. Followed up by, you know, Canadians and uh, Capitals. I think think the Rangers are still tied with, um, you know, you want to see two wins out of that, obviously. Uh, Islanders and Bruins, you know, two huge rival teams. You want to see two wins, and if we can go into that Hurricanes game with it meaning the Metro, essentially, you want to see the Rangers come away with that win, big time. Yeah, I so, agree. I, I mean, we have great, great hockey to close out this season. I mean, six games, right? Dude, six, yeah, six games. Uh, yeah. five. Oh, five. Six, four, four. Four, five. Islanders, Bruins, Hurricanes, Canadians, and then Capitals. Oh, My fault. So right. the Vikings, the Vikings, the 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 Vegas Knights have four. And they're and they're four out. <laughs> four points out. Yeah, they're four points <laughs> out. They have four games left. So your boys can make it. <laughs> I know. 
I know. Listen, home. it's in their hands. They got to run the gamut. They got to get they four. Gotta, they got to win the games, though. They they blew the game against uh, the Devils. So, listen, listen I, the, Rangers, the Rangers blew one against the Devils this year too. That's true. It's true. It happens. Yeah. I know Nick. Nick's bust my child. I'm obviously a Ranger fan, but I cheer for the Is Golden Knights. Is he I, though? I am. I've always been a Ranger fan. I just cheer for the Golden Knights. It's like something different. You have a Golden Knights jersey in your closet right now. I do, 100%. You're a Golden Knights fan. I love the city of Vegas. I'm sorry. I don't have a single other team jersey (laughs) other than Rangers jerseys, except fictional team, the Charlestown Chiefs. I got my uh, slap shot jersey, and that's it. That that team doesn't exist. I was thinking about getting a a Minnesota Mighty Ducks, a Division Five jersey, but that's not a Mighty. That's a Nanaheim jersey, right? No. No, it's a division yeah, five, right? Because people won't make the distinction. Because Anaheim came out after Division Five. So I was thinking about getting a Charlie Conway. I don't know. I, I have thoughts about it, but I never did. I know, we, we all we all differ on this, but I obviously I've I I'm a fan of jerseys and different players, but you guys don't yeah, you're a fan of the Vegas Golden Knights. Awful. Because a bandwagon fan. That's why you like the Yankees, Duke, and the Lakers. I love Las Vegas. So. The Cowboys. It was, a cool, it was a cool story in the first year. They were expansion team going to the stanley cup you guys can't tell me and when they play the killer song i love the killer so like they played the killer song that entire playoff run came you mean the two songs the killers have uh, how dare you the killers have a lot more than two songs you son of a Do bitch they? oh sorry <laughs> two good songs <laughs> the, like, one of those songs is on uh every white person's list for to get the party moving mr Brightside. you know that <laughs> Every white person oh. loves that. Song. I've heard that at one of your parties at least more than once. <laughs> at least every party you have, that you come to my house, it's going to be Mr. Brightside's flag. No Was that doubt. your uh, wedding song? Was that? Was that your wedding song? No, my wedding song was not Mr. Brightside. Oh, okay. It was. Whereas, uh, um, oh no, the one that he had was, uh, I had a girlfriend that looked like a boyfriend. <laughs> no, one. you such a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. You dick. <laughs> That's Jesus. not even cool. What song is that? I forgot. Uh, it's their first single. I forgot. Uh, somebody told me. Well, it was your wedding song, is what you're saying. Because how no, did you know it was my wedding song, asshole? That's very effective. <laughs> Both me and my wife, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I was at his wedding. Back. It was his wedding song. No, you better take that back. Because otherwise, Mrs. Choice is going to be fighting. Don't you? That's true. Do I was at his wedding. The wedding. She doesn't watch this show anyway. She does too. <laughs> She's better things to do. She watches the This Is Us version of this show. She does. That's terrible. <laughs> I saw you starting some trouble with that This Is Us shit. First of all, it's actually one of our highest downloaded episodes. <laughs> if you want to be honest. Oh my god. So what does that say about you guys? <laughs> I, I, well, what it says is me and Nick aren't getting our fucking man card revoked, unlike some people. Hey, you yeah, know what? It's a good in the first place show. to have it revoked. <laughs> You know what? You, you can't hate, but it's a good show. It's a good team. Well, good if you know it's a good I can hate. You sit there it's and drink a great show if you're on your period. And... Yeah. It's a great, it's a great show. Let's all the feelings out. People people love it and it gets it gets downloads, it gets views, it gets touches. So I miss uh you, I miss, uh, do you read... I miss it when Milo Ventimiglia was getting told off by Rocky Balboa. That was those were better times for him. Listen, do was, you uh, uh you read fifty shades in between on commercial breaks? No, I've actually never read Fifty Shades. You sure? The fact that you have to clarify that's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Vegas Golden Knights fan, right? Killers fan, (laughs) enjoys chick shows. 
questionable. Well, I guess you'll be joining us soon. But when I you and Matt do the show, do you have a good cry afterwards? I have a cry during. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't actually have a cry during. That's a bullshit. <laughs> I guarantee you sit there sobbing. I you imagine know, the both of them are sitting there like the birdcage. Both of them are Nathan Lane. I have the um, <laughs> I have the the Will Smith face where he's like crying, red eyes, getting. I imagine it's I imagine it's it's like when Nathan Lane's telling off Robin Williams about about how he does he thinks he's cheating on him. I feel like that's that's the conversations that they have. Listen, that dude, first it, he's just thinking about because you're a man and I'm a woman. You're not a woman. Oh, you bastard! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, that's a that's an incredible movie. That movie's hilarious. I love that movie. That movie's great. Yeah, hate on that it, movie. It's, hey, I'm not gonna hate on you for too. crying. Okay, but there's certain times that a man can cry. All right. Like 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 Tiger Woods h- hugging his father after his first master's win, and then his last master's win hugging his son. Oh, I mean, you can cry. That that that's totally acceptable. The end of saving private Ryan, where he's pretty much thanking Tom Hanks over his grave, like you can cry over that. That's like some wait, hold on. It's some emotion out. For love of the game, when he throws the perfect game and he goes to his hotel room Spoiler. and he starts crying, can you cry? Can you relate to that? The last time you threw a ball that mattered? Yeah, of course. That hurt. I, I think about that and I identify so much with that scene where he just realizes, like, I will never throw a baseball again where it matters. And it was it – was, my whole life, it was everything. My, I mean, for him more so than obviously for somebody like us that plays uh, for fun. He played as a career his whole life, like life changing right. shit. And I, I, I identify with that scene so much, where he's just sitting there on the bed by himself, like he basically gave away any like type of like family and love that he could have had to play a game. Yeah. And now the game's over, and he ain't got shit. Dude, listen, I, I mean, my my you last game in, uh, in high school. Last game in high school, mm. dude. Fucking, I, I cried like a baby because I knew that's the last time I'm going to play hockey. That it's actually going to matter, and people are going to show up and give a fuck and so, something competitive. You know, field of dreams when he has a catch with his top I mean, at the end. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, you got oh. cut off. That's why I started talking over you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Your your uh, transmission is not too great today. Yeah, yeah, it's going in and out. It is what it is. It's probably the delayed start. <laughs> Easy there, Garrett. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying throughout that list of moments that it's completely okay to cry. This is us is not part of that. You've never seen an episode of this is us. That's why I I will never see an episode of this is us because I have fucking standards and morals and I I hold myself to a higher class of uh, respect for myself. I I would watch this is us. There are very emotional parts between like father and son. Listen, like son and mother. So I would Why watch would This watch Is it? Us, but I got these things that get in the way. They're called testicles. Yeah. <laughs> like, like people you know that go out of their way to watch that shit, like, just just go up and down Twitter and just read everybody's posts. It's like, hey, looking for prayers guy, and read their backstory and cry yourself out. At least that's real. I mean, come on. <laughs> you're searching for a reason to fucking get all emotional and cry. I'm not searching for like it. Good go. This is like the Dane yeah, Cook skit where he's like, literally- when you look in the mirror and you cry, you go, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And you start crying more. Like, literally, the, the essence of that show is to be an emotional fucking train wreck. That's like what that show is meant for. It's just to make you sad and emotional and like, hey, how can we do this? Oh, let's introduce this character and then fucking kill him in a fire. That should get it going. 
but not in an entertaining exactly. way, in a sad way. Like, no, no, you know, yeah, not, funny, right. it's so true. You said that because I was just talking to my wife about this. We just what we were just watching the episode, and she's like, like they had the guy's backstory was that like his wife died. Like they just introduced him, and his backstory was that he lost his wife in a car, like a tragic Dude, it's car a accident. Chick thing. My listen, my like, wife she was like, my wife absolutely loves Nicholas Sparks books, and every year a new book comes out, and I buy it for her for Christmas, and she enjoys herself, and, and it keeps her entertained when we go on vacation. And she's sitting either on the beach or on the you know deck of the cruise ship reading it, and I'm usually throwing my son fucking fifteen feet in the air while everybody else is horrified in the pool that's only like three feet deep. It's like I'll catch him. It's cool. Hold on, let me put my beer down for this one. But when Nicholas Spark movies come out, literally within five minutes of the movie starting, and I never read the book, and my wife has read all the books that the movies are based on, I'll be like, yep, they're killing that dude off, aren't they? And she's like, how do you know? I said, because they got to make it emotional. they got to fucking kill somebody off to make some kind of substance in the story. And I'm right every fucking time. It's just you know, so, like obvious, yeah. and let's pull it to heartstrings. It's pathetic. I, I like to watch movies one more time. A man can cry is during the sixth man when Marlon Wayans finds out his brother died. That mm. that was gut wrenching. That okay. fucking sucks. We, we have a guest. I don't want to keep talking about how one man can cry. Uriel is here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. We're going to speak to him. Uriel, how you doing? How are you doing, guys? Right. going on? What? Yeah, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Thank you for joining us. For those who don't know, it's very early where Uriel is. So we <laughs> oh, appreciate yeah. you joining us very early in the morning. Right now, it's late night for us, but we appreciate you helping us out. Uh, you want to go with Uriel or you? Because I know you got UK NFL on. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Everyone uh, just we'll calls call you. me Uke. It's all good. All right, we'll That's call easy Uke. We had his uh, his uh, his names right there. That's his Twitter as well. So follow him on Twitter. You uh, uh, underscore NFL for the audio for the podcast part. But um, so he is belly ups draft expert. This guy wrote. I want to say what 150 was that? Was that the number? You're you're a ton. Yeah, about 100. About 100. Yeah. 100. Okay, I exaggerated it. He wrote over 100 articles, basically outlining each draft prospect. Top what? Top 100 draft prospects. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was impressive. I follow. I kept retweeting it and liking it and sharing it so everyone could get all the information they can for you. It's very impressive. So we do appreciate you joining us. And the reason why we have you here is obviously we're a week away from uh, the NFL draft, which is next Thursday. Uh, we're Giants, Jets fans. We also, well, just me. I follow the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we kind of wanted to pick your brain about the top, maybe like the top 10, uh, and then also where, where our teams probably would be looking at. So – I guess starting with number one, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I was Brook, Brook, hold on. Before we get into this, I gotta I gotta ask, I gotta know. You are you a Mel Kuyper guy or is he totally irrelevant in your mind? <laughs> uh, look, I, <laughs> he has too many bad takes. I just kind of like take what he says with a grain of salt at this point, you know? 
it's just the guys I like. I like my favorite guy is Peter Schrager. At the end of the day, you know, you want to look up scouting reports. You got to do your own scouting. You know, you don't want to start trusting all these other guys. Everyone has their own opinions. I think what matters when it comes down to mock drafts is seeing the guys who are plugged in. And that's Peter Schrager, who has, you know, sources and all these uh, all these teams. When he comes out with a mock draft, those are the ones I really look for. Mel Kuyper, he's just, you know, he's just some guy who's done it for a long time. He's just a character. Gotcha. You, you make a great point there because I've been following Peter Schrager myself and I've been seeing a lot of sources talking about things that he's talking about and even trades, they're happening. Because I want to say he posted something about uh, Debo Samuel being on the move. Not, not asking wow. for a trade, but saying like, yeah, he's probably not going to be there. Like that was like the first thing he popped off, but not in specific. Like he requested a trade, and then it broke that he requested a trade. But uh, Peter Schrager is definitely up there. He does a lot yeah, of good mock drafts, sure. and he's and he's reasonable. He doesn't reach. He doesn't do the a lot of the time. He doesn't do the the best player available bullshit. It's like who do you need for your team and who's available right now that'll make an effect today because that's the best way to draft. But go on, Rook. Go on. So yeah, let's start with the Jacksonville Jags number one. Uh, pick after the miserable Urban Meyer experiment. Just starting here with number one picks. Uh, I'm assuming they're going offensive line, but I want to hear what you think. Where, do you, where are they going with it? So I thought they were going to go offensive line. That was like the consensus, you know, first overall pick was Evan Neal up until um, they franchise tag Cam Robinson, which I feel like that was a pretty big deal because you're not going to franchise tag your left tackle and then go and draft the left tackle with number one overall pick. You know, you don't double dip at a position when you have the most valuable overall pick in the draft. So they still need offensive line help. I'm not a big fan of Juwan Taylor, you know, their right tackle and their interior offensive line. They signed Brandon Scherf in free agency, but they still need help. But at the end of the day, when you franchise tag your left tackle and you sign the, you know, the priciest guard on the market free agency, you're not going with the number one overall pick to draft an offensive lineman. I feel like they've made that pretty clear with their free agency moves. So I feel like it's going to be, you know, I feel like it needs to be Aiden Hutchinson. There have been some rumors that it might be Trayvon Walker just because of his, you know, freakish athletic potential. This guy's like the craziest athlete in the draft and from the edge position. The thing is, he just, to me, he doesn't have the production that I feel like you would need in order to be a number one overall pick. You know, he barely did anything at Georgia and he's going to be switching positions. You know, he was playing the five tech at Georgia where, you know, you're basically playing like one inside the offensive tackle. And now he's going to be bouncing it out to pure edge when he goes to the NFL, you know, based on his athleticism and his traits. So I feel like a guy who's switching positions and who doesn't have the production, how can you justify taking a projection and number one overall, number one overall, you need someone who's going to come in and produce right away, guaranteed. You can't mess this up. I feel like it's got to be Aiden Hutchinson. And the, the extra thing with Hutchinson is that he is a culture changer. He's someone who comes in and he can turn around the locker room. And that's rare for a defense. Usually, you know, a quarterback comes in and he changes the culture. But someone who comes in on the defense and can really turn that around, I just feel like it needs to be Aiden Hutchinson. But, you know, I would not be surprised if Trent Balky messes this up. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> you see a potential problem with the fact that Aiden Hutchinson went to Michigan and Trent Balky hates uh, 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 Jim Harbaugh, who's the coach of Michigan. I mean, so I've been seeing a lot of chatter about that, that maybe Jim Harbaugh is whispering in Aiden Hutchinson's ear. And there's, I, I, from, I, from what I understand, there's an unknown, un- understandable, like it just, Nobody can understand why Trent Balky and Jim Harbaugh hate each other the way they do. That the, the fact that they'll let business get in the like, they'll let it get in the way of business. 
So yeah, I, I feel like that's you know that that's obviously a little bit ridiculous to not draft the obviously better player just because you don't like his college head coach. But I gotta say that that seems like something that you know the decision makers in the NFL would do. Just making these decisions off of totally arbitrary and unimportant especially things. Especially Trent Balky. Especially yeah, Trent Balky. I, I would not be surprised if that's a thing. If they draft Trayvon Walker and it comes out well, later, I, like oh, it's I would just like Jim Harbaugh. I would yeah. just like to point out that the Jacksonville Jaguars specifically tend to draft players from the Florida, Georgia, Alabama area. They do. All the time. It's just a very strange thing. Like, I'm a Florida State fan, and I, I know that if a guy's come out of Florida State, he'll probably end up with the Jacksonville Jaguars because they draft everybody from Florida, Florida State, Miami, Georgia, and Alabama. Like, if you go to any of those schools, you're getting drafted, signed by Looking Jacksonville. Like they're drafted, not wrong. And I can only like think because – they're local kids, and they yeah. have a name in the area, and people will go watch them because they saw them play in high school. Yeah, they need to sell tickets to Jags. I think I agree with you with that point. So really it, in that case, I could see Trayvon Walker, who's from Georgia, getting drafted first overall simply because he went to Georgia and is from Georgia, which is obviously very close to Florida. Yeah, you're yeah. selling this right now. I'm. Uh, you got me a little bit convinced. I hope they don't make that mistake, but I – I hope they do. Again, I, I can see it happening. <laughs> yeah, you're a Trayvon Walker guy? No, I'm an Aiden Hutchinson guy, and I don't want to see him go to a crap team like the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, feel that. Say, can you imagine with him, Aiden Hutchinson with Dan Campbell? That'd be a dream. Yeah. All right, so who we got? Uh, number two goes to – sorry, I was trying to look it up. The Detroit Lions. Lions, that's right. Lions have – so where, where do you think the Lions are going with this? So, yeah, if they get Aiden Hutchinson, then that would be like a sprint the card type of situation. He's from Michigan. You know, he's a Michigan guy. He loves the Lions. He, you know, it's it's just that pairing. And he's not only the best player in the draft. So that would just, that pairing would just be ridiculous. But, you know, after, if Aiden Hutchinson's not there, it's very interesting. I would love the Lions to trade down. The rumors that they want to trade down. Because who do they really take at this selection? You know, do they take the second best uh, pass rusher? Do they take Trayvon Walker? Do they take a Kevin Thibodeau? There are rumors that they're not going to take Thibodeau because, um, Dan Campbell did not like his personality, didn't like his, you know, his, his cockiness and, and the way he carries himself. <laughs> so I just, I, I, the Lions are not in a good situation if Aiden Hutchins is off the board. They could go Malik Willis. That would obviously be very I was going to ask, do they go quarterback? I just feel like, what, what's, what's the point here? Like, I'm not a big Malik Willis fan, you know, and I just feel like, especially in this quarterback class, are you really going to justify taking a quarterback second overall? You know, he's going to sit for a year and then what? You know, we, I feel like Trey Lance should be a cautionary tale, taking these guys who have this crazy potential and saying, okay, well, we can develop them. Then, then Kyle Shanahan could take Trey Lance and turn him into this, you know, ready to start guy. They still have Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster because they don't know what's with Trey Lance. And this is a year after they trade up to third overall to take him. I just feel like with Malik Willis, you know, there's so much projection there. There's so much unknown. He's so raw. He's like, he's yeah, he has his potential. But I just feel like that would be a bad move for the Lions, especially since they can get a good quarterback at, at you know, 32. And is the quarterback didn't get at 32 that much worse than Malik Willis? Probably not. So yeah, who do they take they could, it to? They could trade back and still probably get Malik Willis. I mean, depending on where they trade back. But I don't think Malik Willis has gone that high, so they probably don't need to draft him at number two. I honestly for think sure. they'll put top ten just because there are no other quarterbacks worth quarterbacks talking about. Besides Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. <laughs> honestly, the only thing that has me somewhat – I'd be really low on Malik Willis because I'm a big – I'm a power five guy. So, like, you go to some bumfuck school and play nobody, I'm, like, sitting there going, I never even heard of your college. Like, if you were any good, you would have went to a better school. Daniel Jones, perfect example, all right? Um, he went to a power five school and he still sucked because he went to a school that you play basketball at, not football. Um, <laughs> so Malik Willis went to Alabama 
if I remember right. He went to Alabama and then transferred to Auburn. Liberty. Auburn, excuse me. Yeah, same yeah. state. Yeah. <laughs> went to yeah. Auburn and transferred to Liberty. Uh, and, and that's the only reason I'm, I'm, I'm quasi okay with him because I don't know why he left Auburn, but it's not because he doesn't have talent. It's because of – it's probably because of some other reason. Availability, ability to start, ability to play. It might be academic. I don't know. I don't know why he left Auburn. I don't know why anybody would leave Auburn to go play at Liberty. But it probably wasn't a football-related reason. So uh, it could have been he just wanted to be closer to home. I don't know. Um, but I he, he didn't play much, he didn't play anybody worth talking about, writing home about in college. And I haven't heard anything about him until about three months ago. Yeah, yeah. That always happens. Yeah, he's so, like, he's one of the biggest risers for sure. Yeah, so I, I think you're right. I think Detroit goes uh edge at, or do you think they go offensive line, perhaps? So yeah, here's the thing. It's not it's not a great situation because you know, like I said, do they go with the second edge rusher off the board? They're probably not going to go KT. And do they go with Trayvon Walker? Again, he's a projection. Are you going to take a projection with the second overall pick? Offensive line. They already drafted Penesul last year. Uh, they have who's the, who they have as their left tackle. They have Taylor Decker, who's a great left tackle. They have Frank Ragnow in the center. They have a very good offensive line. Um, it's just there. They, there isn't really a, a need. Something that they need to do here. And you would think that they would trade down, but in this draft, who's Who's going to trade up to number two? Like, why would anyone, you know, invest extra resources to go up to two? There's no one who who's close enough who can't get their guy a couple picks later. So I feel like Detroit's kind of stuck in their position. I feel like they're going to end up going uh, edge rusher. But if they don't get Aiden Hutchinson, it's not the best situation for them. They could come out with someone great, but it's, you know, there's no perfect fit here. Well, that's yeah. the draft, right? You could come out with somebody great at every position. Yeah, no one thought Michael Parsons was a good pick for uh, for the Cowboys. But look at that. Tom Brady was taking to what, the sixth round? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You never know when you're going to find that guy that fits your, your system. But let, let's skip the Texans real quick because we want to get to the Jets and the Giants here. So we're going to go number four, Jets. Uh, I mean, if you want to do a quick Texans pick, what do you think it is? And then you go to the Jets. The Jets we, could, we could do that. So I'll just say I don't know who the Texans are going to take, but Texans to me are probably the biggest domino in this draft because they're okay. either going to go defense or offense, and that's going to affect the – because the Giants and the Jets both have two picks in the top 10. So yes. they're going to be looking at the board and seeing if if a, an offensive lineman was already taken, then the Jets and the Giants are probably going to try to jump and take an offensive lineman with four and five. But if an offensive lineman isn't taken yet, then they're both probably going to wait, dropping the offensive lineman down lower in the in the top 10 to seven and 10, which means that the teams in the middle are now going to have a lot more wiggle room, and it's really going to change the way the whole top 10 looks. you know. And then okay. like, with guys dropping, that's going to change who trades up into the top 10. The Texans are really going to like – they're the first pick that's going to turn around this draft. Okay. So uh, I don't know who they're going to take, but that's a big one. You don't know who they're going to take, but yeah, you feel that's going to be the big domino that yeah. affects our team. It's either O-line or, or, or defense, yeah. Okay. So what about – so let's just skip Texans. Say they keep their pick or – let's just say, for example, the Texans go offensive linemen. What are the Giants and Jets doing at, at four and five then? If we go that So if the Texans that. take offensive line, that means the Jets and the Giants are probably going to be a little bit more pressed to, to hit offensive line at four and five. Um, I feel like with, with the Jets, honestly, here's the thing with the Jets. I was actually looking at their roster uh, um, like yesterday because yeah, when you asked me to come on this podcast, and I was thinking yeah. that they don't really have any like major glaring holes. They just don't have anyone really good on their roster. Like if you look at their roster, it's full of like you know average starters. You know, not quality starters, but average starters all across the board. And there's no one that really sets them apart. So it's. That's why they, they got a hit on four and 10 here. And, and trading down is probably not the best move. In fact, I would even, if I were the, the, the Jets, I would trade up from 10 and try to get back up into like the top six or top five 
and go up and get, uh, uh, you know, that way they can get like a, a KT and a Sauce Gardner or, you know, an Iki Kwano and Evan Neal or a Sauce Gardner or a KT and some combination of these like top five or six talents who they probably won't get any of them at 10 because they got to hit on these big players. I feel yeah. like they got to go offensive line. I'm a huge Zach Wilson guy. Um, he was actually my QB one last year coming out of the draft ahead of Trevor Lawrence. I really like him, and I just felt like him coming out, the problem with him was he's a playmaker, and if you don't give him the proper protection, he's going to make a ton of mistakes, and that's exactly what happened. He made he he made some great plays, and he you could tell that he has potential, but they just didn't give him the, him the protection, and he made a ton of mistakes. And just the way I see it is, yeah, they could you know hit defense hard, and if they go for defense, they take, let's say, Kayvon Thibodeau at, at a four, and then they could for sure get either a Sauce Gardner or a Derek Stingley at 10, which would be a great defensive haul. You know, that would really turn their defense around. But if you have Zach Wilson, you know, throwing 10 plus picks at his first two years of his career, how much do you trust that he's going to develop into a then a Pro Bowl level talent? I just feel like you've got to protect him and got to develop him sooner rather than later. So I feel like they had they got to take an offensive line here, either take at four, either take Aki Kwanu, take Evan Neal, even if you want to reach on a Charles Cross. Then do that, but uh, but they gotta go offensive line here. Just they have a solid offensive line, but but boost it. They don't have the depth. They don't have the the, the you know the elite talent on their on their offensive line to really take it to the next level. So then I'm assuming with if they take offensive line again, you're seeing the Giants pick up the offensive line as well, or do you think they go defense at that point? Yeah, if the Giants don't take an offensive lineman in this draft, <laughs> their, <laughs> yeah, team, gonna, their team's going to put on the clown mask. It's it's over. Yeah, it's, I, already, yeah. I already called them a clown organization uh, earlier this year. I'm, a, I'm the Giants fan. They're both Jet fans. So I've already called them the, the clown organization because of everything with Joe Judge. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I think offensive lineman is definitely an uh, option there. I, obviously, it depends on, as we said before, Texans and the, and the Jets are who they're picking at that point. Um, so they're probably going to end up with, what, the third of the – the Neil Cross, and then how, I've got, I can't pronounce the other one. Ikanawa? Is that what it's like? Ikanawa. 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 Yeah. So they're probably at the third out of it's that icky, one. Man. <laughs> I'm calling Icky. Icky. Okay. Yeah. There you go. It's easier for me. I'm really bad with names. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're saying they're probably going to go across there at that point, or do you see someone so, else yeah, that they would it, pick? If that's how the board falls, I feel like they got to go with Charles Cross just because if they try to wait until seven and two offensive linemen are already off the board, I wouldn't put it past the Panthers to take an offensive lineman just because they have such a need at left tackle. So if they try to wait until seven, there's a realistic chance that they don't get any of the top three. And that would, that would just be not good for the Giants. So they got to, if two offensive linemen are off the board, they got to hit one at, at five. I feel like there are rumors that they're, that they go with Charles Cross. My problem with Charles Cross is that they drafted Andrew Thomas, who's a left tackle. You know, and, yeah, and, and he's the rest weird. of their line is terrible. And Andrew Thomas is, is playing a little bit better and he's, you know, on an upward trajectory. So do you really want to, you know, change his position now? Because if you take a Charles Cross, that means you're Charles Cross is left tackle. He's not going to play any other position on the yeah. offensive line. The way he's he's athletic and he's a little bit more lead. He's a little bit less powerful. It's perfect for the athletic left tackle position. So, you know, that means you're going to have to kick Andrew Thomas and maybe stun his development. It's just they're, they're not in a good position here. I would hope that they try to get an Evanil or Iki Kwanu uh, if – if one of those guys dropped to five, I feel like they got to make that move, you know, and they could probably still get a quality, like a, a sauce Gardner or a Kayvon Thibodeau at seven, you know, and those guys are quality uh, top level starters in the, in, you know, elite talent for sure. Yeah. And it seems like obviously the Jets giants being so close, both needing pretty much the same thing, offensive line and defensive linemen. So you're, like you said before, I don't think, I don't think the Gardner to go there to go Giants. Sorry. I was just trying to finish that, that thought. Uh, go ahead, Nick. Sorry. I don't think the the Jets need offensive line. Uh, they have Mekhi Becton. You just drafted him with your first round pick, what, two years ago? He had a bad year last year, obviously, because he was injured. 
I don't think the team is that low on him, as low as the New York media likes to make it out to be. Uh, he did have a damn fine season the year before last. His rookie season was definitely better than what most projected uh, and definitely better than people are talking about. It's almost as if he never even played his rookie year because he got injured last year. Um, and and we're coming back this year. You're right. We don't have depth, but I don't think you buy you – don't, you don't look for depth in the first round. The first round is not built for depth. Now, what we are missing is we're missing an edge rusher. We haven't had a pass rusher since John Abraham. Uh, and that was, I don't know, T, help me out. When was the last time John Abraham helped played for the Jets? 17 years ago, something like that? Late 90s, early 2000? Yeah. Yeah, set like 17 years ago, 2005, yeah. I think he left the Jets. Um, and uh, you don't see so Abraham I, jerseys in the stadium anymore. Yeah, so I, I think I think <laughs> they go defensive line. They pick up a Kayvon Thibodeau. They pick up a, a Trayvon Walker, although I'm not high on Trayvon Walker at all. I'm higher on Jermaine Johnson than I am on Trayvon Walker. But then again, I'm biased because I'm a Florida State fan. Um, <laughs> but but he did own uh, Iki Iquanu at uh, at the uh, at the Senior Bowl. So Iki I mean, he's a little, Senior Bowl. I'm sorry, not Iki Iquanu. He owned. Uh, damn it, who did he play against? Not Cross. He did yeah. own. I'm pretty sure they played Iki Iquanu this year. Florida State did, and he slapped him around. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he looked really good at the Senior Bowl too. Yeah. Uh, he slapped him, but he played very well at the Senior Bowl, which the Jets were at and coached. So they personally had a relationship with Jermaine Johnson for at least a week. Yeah, and they said overall, that's high. I I don't I don't you know as far as that's you know something being high, it's high at the moment. But if to, if in ten years he's a Hall of Famer, you look back and go, I guess that wasn't high. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing that you could use that to justify, you know, reaching for any pick. Like when when the Raiders took uh, what was his name, Alex Leatherwood, and everyone said they could have gotten him in the second round. It's like, yeah, maybe he hits, and maybe he's your guy. But you need to keep in mind also the the situation that you're in, and if you could get him later, and then also get a, a premium player at your spot, you know, you. like they have pick ten, also they could probably like, get like the Giants, ten. like the Giants drafting Daniel Jones when they could have got him in the second or third round because he sucks. I don't disagree with that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, I don't know drag this on. Move move on, Rook. Go on, move on. Wait, move I just on. want to say before we move on, I, I yeah. love that we have you know some Jets and Giants here because all, all my friends are Jets or Giants fans and they're always at each other's necks. And since I'm like the NFL guy, you know, they they all have you know football is just a hobby for them. For me, it's a little bit more serious, as you can see. Um, so they always like turn to me, they're like, What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? So recently I've been saying a lot that I'm a big Jets guy this year. You know, I think that the Jets, I would take the Jets for the next five years over the Giants next five years. And that always throws my friends into this crazy frenzy. And they're like, wait, then my Giants fans are, my Giants fans are like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. You can't say that. And then my Jets fans, my Jets fans friends are like, let's go, let's go. We got him on our side. So, so I love that we have this dichotomy right here. Well, the funny thing is I'm a Giants fan. And I 100% agree with you. I do not. <laughs> I don't see the Giants. The Giants have a quarterback right now. They're, they're, they have to start all over again. It's all because of Dave Gettleman. He just set the franchise back five years. So, you know, it sucks. But, I mean, I like to see a turnaround. But I agree with you, actually, because I don't think the Giants have the quarterback right now. I don't think they're getting him this year. And they're staying with Daniel Jones. I don't think it's going to help. But let's move on. So, moving on, after the Giants-Jets pick, it's going to be uh, number six. Is going to be the Panthers. Do you think they go quarterback there? Or do you think they decide they try to figure out what the Giants and Jets do with the offensive line and defensive line? Yeah, so they're the We're Panthers got to take either either left tackle 
or a quarterback because they'll probably get one of the top three left tackles in the draft with pick, with pick six. And they have a dire need at left tackle. But the, the question is here, and that's what this is what everyone's saying, is it's kind of like a chicken or egg situation. Which do you hit first? You know, do you need that quarterback and then you and then you know start building your offense around your quarterback and then you protect him, or is it the other way around? Do you first need to build a solid offensive line and then put a quarterback behind it? So the question is where do you go first? I feel like they don't have a pick in the second round. So they can't really get both positions. You know, they might want to trade down, but again, who's gonna trade up to six? Who are you trading up for? You know, like who's this, this, uh, you know, upper echelon talent, especially in this draft. You know, there's no top quarterbacks who people are going to trade up for. The Panthers are kind of screwed right now. You know, they don't really have a place to go. If they go with a quarterback, they're going to be reaching. And if they go with a left tackle, then you may as well just fire Matt Rule right now because they're going to have another, you know, four-win season, five-win season. And, and then what's the point? So they're not in a good position either. If they manage to trade down, that would, that's probably the best case scenario. They get an extra, maybe an extra second-round pick, and then they can hit quarterback and left tackle. Um, my, just the, the way things about, you know, what I've been hearing is that they're going to take quarterback. So I, I don't like it. I don't think it's going to turn out well. Um, especially if they take Malik Willis and then they're forced to start him because Sam Darnold's going to be terrible. And then that's going to stun his development because he needs time to develop. And maybe if they take a Kenny Pickett, but I'm not a Kenny Pickett fan. I think Kenny Pickett is way overrated. So I don't know what they do here. I really don't. I think that wherever they go, they're probably going to go quarterback. There's a lot of Kenny Pickett ties to Matt Rule back from the Temple days where Kenny Pickett used to, he like committed to, to Temple back in the day. So they had a relationship. So they might go Kenny Pickett. I just, I I don't see a way where the Panthers come out of this draft and we give them, you know, an A plus grade. And then, you know, a couple years down the line, we look back and we say, wow, what a great move for them. Like, this is going to be a bad draft for them. I don't see them coming out of this in a good light at all. So you don't think there's a way they would pick Malik Willis over Kenny Pickett? Or you, you think if they're going quarterback at that point, they're going Kenny Pickett? So for sure, yeah. They, they could totally go with Malik Willis. I wouldn't be surprised, especially with the buzz that he's getting. I'm not a huge fan of either of them. To me, my top two quarterbacks are Desmond Ritter and Matt Corral. Those are the guys I really like out of this draft class. Um, but I feel like either way, the I, the reason I don't think they take Malik Willis is because Malik Willis is not ready to start right now. And if you throw him in the fire right now, coming from Liberty, he played a very, you know, in this very weird offensive system that's not, you know, doesn't fit the NFL at all. And then on top of that, he's just, he he, he made so many mistakes. He clearly needs to develop as a, a thrower of the ball, someone who reads the field and analyzes and, and anticipates throws. And he's just not there yet. And if you throw him in the mix right now, I feel like you're just going to be stunting his development. Um, and, and Matt Rule and uh, I think it was, who's there, Terry Fontenot, or Scott Fitterer. Scott Fitterer is their general manager, and, and they know that they're on a short leash, and they know that they need to hit on someone this year because if they have another four or five one season, they're gone. So they if they take a Malik Willis, that you're basically just you know signing your signing off your resignation letter. But on the other hand, how good is Kenny Pickett? Again, I, I don't know about I don't I just I don't know what they do here. I, I could see them going Malik Willis. I could see them going Kenny Pickett. Neither are great options. All right, so let's wrap it up. We're having just a little bit more time with you. Before we got to get let you go. Um, but last thing, I guess we skip, we'll skip the Giants here. We'll go straight to number 10 for the Jets. Do you think the Jets would go at a wide receiver here, or do you think they'll go with someone like, as you said before, Stingley? So I've heard a lot that like the Jets have, you know, tipped their, like tipped their cap at basically they've, they've given away what they want to do, you know, with, with how they've shown that they're interested in DK Metcalf and, and Tyreek Hill and all of these wide receivers who are open on the market and they want a wide receiver one. It's very clear that they want to get that guy. But I don't know if, they get, if there is that guy in this draft. None of these receivers, I really like this receiver class. It's very deep and it has, of all the positions, it has the most first round talent. But 
none of these guys really project as like a dominating wide receiver one. Like we had Jamar Chase last season, you know, yeah. who, who everyone knew going into the draft, he was going to come in and be a wide receiver one. There's no one in that draft class this year. And I feel like you, you know, you draft someone at 10 and you get another, you know, high end wide receiver too, like a, like a Elijah Moore caliber type of player. That's not really going to move the offense. You know, they have Elijah Moore and they have some other pieces, you know, like, I, yeah, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios, like they're not great, but at the end of the day, you know, if Drake, if if they get another guy who's on the level as Elijah Moore, that's not really going to uh, push the needle. I feel like they're better, they're better suited, probably taking a wide receiver at the top of the second round where they can still get, you know, very good talent, and then hitting the more premium positions now. Let's say, say get an edge rusher or a corner. I feel like if they don't go corner at four, they got to take either a Sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley at ten. That'd be a perfect fit. Uh, well, that I mean, that sounds pretty good, Nick. What do you think, as a Jets fan? You're on mute. I think I think Derek Stanley's a bust. Honestly, guy coming off an injury. He had one good year, uh, and then he missed his entire year just now. And now we're asking him to pull an Antonio Cromartie and get drafted in the first round after missing an entire season with a torn leg, and and come back and be a Pro Bowler. Like uh, that's a big, that's a tall order. Uh, I like Sauce Gardner better than I like Derek Stanley Stingley right now uh, because we're basically basing this off of Derek Stanley from 2020, not 2021. Well, it's too oh, big. Yeah. Gardner's going to be in a Giants uniform, so suck. <laughs> I mean, if, if Sauce Gardner's in a Giants uniform, I'm all right with that because that means the Giants are going to suck for the next 10 years even further than than right now because they got much bigger problems than who's playing cornerback, okay? Because your yeah, number I, one receiver from last year didn't show up to OTAs, and he wasn't good last year. You voluntary. Just they were voluntary. That's great. Amy voluntary all day long. He voluntarily decided not to learn the playbook. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he should have been. All there. I know is Elijah Moore is at the Jets facility working right now. I agree with you. I think he should have been there too. I'm not really, I'm jokingly defending. Oh, him and, and and he also defended murderer Henry Ruggs the third. We know. We, so we had a long conversation Oof. about that before. Who, but, did, uh, who did that? Wait. Uh, Kadarius Tony. For real? Wow. Yeah. Like, oh, you guys tweeted about it. It was bad. We'll talk offline about it later. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Oh, yeah. Thank you for <laughs> joining us today. I appreciate you getting up early. To go through My this, pleasure. that was very in-depth analysis. You have one of those like typical draft guy voices too. Like <laughs> it's awesome because I they always got to be fast because there's so much. There's only like a little bit of time, and you nailed it, man. That was that was a great draft analysis. Thank you, man. Really I got I got to tell you, there's there's nothing I love hearing more than coming onto a podcast and you guys calling me belly ups, uh, senior draft analyst or draft expert, <laughs> whatever, man. That really well, I didn't man, say that many words. I wake up at any time of the night for that. that way. <laughs> I will right, well, thank you. I'll Hope say it right on. now. Belly up, senior draft analyst, Uke. Let's go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Uke, we'll hopefully we'll have you on again maybe after the draft. Uh, I, I know you said you're expecting, so I don't want to bother you too much. But now nah, I'm we'll, actually uh, where we uh, – my wife gave birth already, so we're all good. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, like a week and a half ago. So thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Mazel tov. Get a girl? Thank you. Yeah, hashtag girl dad. Oh, me too. I have a second girl on the way too, so. Oh my no, God! Yeah, and your girl Jewish too. It's true. <laughs> yeah, we. I it's am. I want Jewish too. All right, you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Thanks thank you. Guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank thanks you. for having me. Thank you, Paul. All right. That was great. You was a good guy. I was, was dude. Honestly, fun he fun. he kind of convinced me about the uh, the O line. Not for nothing. I, I mean, you could attribute a lot of, yeah. especially early in the season, Zach Wilson's rushing the ball, it, it, late throws, and throws behind the. Wide receivers, I mean, do I think uh, uh, one old lineman is going to make the difference between giving him the extra, you know, second or two? Probably not, but I, 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 I like that analysis because it definitely makes sense and hits home 
for I think trying to build I up our, only, our young quarterback. My only problem with that is that if we draft O line again, we're basically admitting that the 2020 draft was a complete waste of everybody's time and energy because nobody in that draft hit. I I agree, I and I got to say I, that if Thibodeau's still there at, at, when the Jets are up, I, how do you not take him? Yeah, yeah. But all right, here he's coming. See how I do this week. Hey, you did good last week. You got the Baywatch. That's right. I did do good last week. And I posted on TikTok. People were commenting. So there we go. Now we are we are cooking here, cooking with oil. We're here. doing pretty uh, good on yeah. TikTok, huh? Yeah, we're doing pretty good on TikTok. I like it. The TikTok we got a bunch of followers. But let's let's get to this. We're gonna have to go through this quick because we only have a let's uh, five, minutes. Half minutes five and a half minutes up. So all right, all right. guess this theme song, Sal. You don't have much time to think about it. So okay. go. Laid-back moves, sky above, sand below, good vibrations, feeling, feeling mellow. Oh, my fault. <laughs> Dude, I don't know this. That's classic. That's great. Do you want to even take a guess? Don't give Give it up. Give me some hints. Don't want to stop. It takes place in the West Coast. It stars. It follows a band that plays music. It's basically Saved by the Bell with a band. With a band. I'll give you a hint. Kelly Packard was in the show. Oh, Kelly Packard was on the show. She was in the show. You got me stumped on this one. Jesus. Uh, TJ doesn't know either. TJ doesn't know either. This one is... California Dreams, Teen NBC, every Saturday after Saved by the Bell and before Hang Time came California Dreams wedged in the middle with Sly Winkle. Ever Sly Winkle? What a Sly, Sly Winkle. Guy. Still Sleazy have no freaking clue you what this show yeah, is. Yeah, I don't have any really? idea. Watch, watch. You remember There's an episode of Jimmy Fallon people. where they do a reunion, and it's awesome. Yeah. Well, let's go to the And, and one of the guys looks like Jerry. Jimmy Fallon does is, is awesome, so. Yeah. Let's go to the <laughs> oh, Oh my god! About- in, in one friggin' theme song, that's everything wrong with the '90s. In like one, keeping <laughs> there was nothing wrong with the '90s. First of all, this show is oh. amazing because the entire premise of it, from season one to season three, changed completely. It was supposed to be about a family, the Garrisons, their son and daughter in the band, and it's supposed to be like their family is supposed to be mainly about their family. By season two, they wrote half of the family off the TV show. The whole family Jeez. was off. No, season three. Season three, they get rid of the uh, the son and the father. The so father I like it. Survive season two. I like I like the fact. Oh, uh, the daughter goes to Rome too. Yeah, she goes to Rome to sing. She's something. gone too. Well, I just like the fact that one of the actors looks like Jerry, our friend Jerry. Is that <laughs> who's that? Is that Jake Summers now? Yeah, that's Jake Summers now. Oh wow! The dude so from Stained. And, and what's really crazy is if you ever look at our, a picture of Jerry when he was younger, he looks like that. <laughs> I shit you not. Call Jerry up and ask him for a picture. Go on his Facebook. We'll, we'll, look we'll for a picture back. when he was like younger in the nineties. And it's funny. Kelly Packard wasn't she also on Baywatch too? Eventually, he was on Baywatch. That, yeah, she that was. was the connection I made this week. I made it. That was the Baywatch yeah. star. All right, we have one more question. Nick, does Gen Z know? All right, what dance? All right, so it's a two-parter, okay? 
What okay. is this dance called and who invented it? And right. I'll even give you some music to, to give you a hint. Wait, I have the I have the clip of the Oh you do? Okay, go yeah. ahead. But when I see you That's a Carlton. Okay. That's yeah, the name of the dance. Who invented it? Who invented it? Was it Tom Jones? Do you want more guess? We'll give you one more guess. We have a little bit of time. Is it somebody I would know? Yeah, you might. Yeah, probably. She's she yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's in the nineties. We gave it away. It's a she. Nineties? It's a she. I mean, 90s into 2000s, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I just saw her in a movie the other day. Wasn't she in that movie the other day? Yeah. I'm going to go five, four. Janet Jackson? No. No. Here's so that. most people would tell you that the person that invented the dance was Alfonso Ribeiro, who played Carlton on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Right. When in actuality, the dance was invented by, show that clip, Rook. Those Courtney for, Cox for the podcast. We just actually so the audio part of the podcast. We just showed a clip of Courtney mm. Cox dancing in the dark on stage. You can't never done. Without you can't stop. Without a now we're gonna hit you right quick. Turn it off. Dude, you can hit us a couple. I would have never gotten. Listen, that. it's it's hard to find. It's hard to find, but did you ever see one of the episodes of Saturday Night Live when it was still funny? Courtney Cox hosted, and Adam Sandler came out with a big fake nose like Bruce Springsteen and starts doing it like really <laughs> douchebaggy. Dude, it's like impossible to find on YouTube, yeah. but it's one of the funniest fucking things because he literally looks like a caricature of Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> and he's just like, so, so, so Alfonso Romero basically picked that dance because he's supposed to be you know, like the Uncle Tom white guy character on the show, and it was the whitest dance he'd ever seen in his life. <laughs> and that's why that's the dance that Carlton came up with. What did he he was like, that's the epitome of how white people dance. All right, let's wrap it up because we're already running over. Go, but Nick. that's all we've got for you this week here with the Scoreboard Addicts podcast as TJ yawns his life away from mm-hmm. all of us here, from Nick, from TJ, from Anthony the Rook, and Stack Eye Sal. We thank you for spending this time with us. We'll catch you again next week. Please like, share, and subscribe, and we'll catch you one time. And thanks to Yuke as well. Yes. Yeah, thank you, Yuke. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.